Man, see, I like the party plan. I just want it in a different place. What's this here? A snare, Mr. Brown. A snare what? A drum. Correct. What's this? A guitar. <laughs> no, it's not. Pee Wee, what's this? A drum, Mr. Brown. Now we're getting it. What's Maisie holding? A drum, Mr. Brown. Fellas, what's them shiny things y'all holding over there? Drums. Now we all got our drums. Now when you're playing a drum, it don't matter what key you in, what bar you in, what planet you on. Well, Mr. Brown, Clyde will be in a different time than the rest of the band. It doesn't work musically. How many hit records you got, son? Huh? Fellas, does it sound good? Yeah. Does it feel good? Yeah. God made your ears. You didn't make them. You gonna argue with God's ears? If it sound good and it feel good, then it's musical. So play it like I say play it. From the top. One, two, one, two. You can do it, Ace. You're smart, you're handsome, and everybody loves you. Wait a minute, are you recording this? God damn it. Dispatches from Planet Funk. This is the Aced Out Podcast. Dedicated to all whom the man tried to ace out. By profiting from the soul. Without stopping to give props to the prophets of soul. Mm-hmm, you betcha. That's right. It's your boy Ace Allen. Sometimes they call me Barack Wayne. And we're brought to you by the letter P. And we're sponsored by Pete, P-E-T-E, otherwise known as People for the Ethical Treatment of Ear Holes. Everybody here, we're all Funkin' Up Fam affiliated. That's because Funk is spelled fun with a K. That's why they pronounce it Funky. Isn't that right, Jay? You know it. Jay Stone. Yo. Good to see you. And by the way, my name is not an adjective, Jay Stone. You know how some people are called like Skinny Pete? Yeah. Or Flying Jay? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe Howlin' Wolf? Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, every once in a while, it doesn't happen all the time, but I was just at the store. I go to the store all the time, a nice young lady, she said, Hi, Alan! Because some people, they think like, you know what I mean? Ace Allen. Uh, like, uh, my yeah. name is Allen. Yeah, yeah. But it's Ace Allen. No, no, no. I'm a proper noun. Just call me Ace, please. Uh. <laughs> Jay Stone, it's good to hear your voice. I know you've had some drama lately. Likewise, brother. We'll talk to you about that later. Cool. But I don't want to scare you right now. I don't know if I'm hallucinating. I don't know if coronavirus. What? But I'm looking through the window right now, and I see, I think I see a woman sitting there. Yeah. What's going on? You seeing that too? I do. Who's that? That's Emily Palin. Emily Palin, is that today? Emily Palin is in the house, Oh my God, she's here. What's up, guys? How you doing, Emily? I'm good. It's really good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. It's so beautiful to have you here. And you guys, this is our buddy, Emily Palin. She is composer, an improviser, a singer, a producer, a superhero, a slayer of devils, a creative coach, a teacher. 
maybe even, I don't know, a licensed uh, notary public. <laughs> but most importantly, she's a leader of Nitrous M1. And I know what you're thinking, Jay Stone. I'm not talking about nitrous, like nitrous hits. Get okay. your mind out of the gutter. Right, yeah, nitrous, yeah, yeah. dude. Right, yeah, I'm talking like bro. nitrous. <laughs> I'm talking about nitrous with a K. As in K-N-I-G-H-T-R-E-S-S. You understand me? I do. I do. And, you know, Emily's too shy. She didn't want me to say this, but she told me in private, M1, it stands for motherfucking number one. So the full name is Nitrous motherfucking number one. That's what I'm talking about. Fuck it. Get it. Giving away my secrets. (laughs) All right. All right. And I did tell him how to spell that. And... You know, you guys, you heard me say violin just there, so you probably think it's some kind of something really nice and sweet. Psych, hey, Waves, do me a favor. Let's give them a little taste just so everybody knows what we're talking about. This is what Emily Palin does on an instrument called the violin, if you can believe it. Wait a second, is that Tom Morello? Is that Rage Against the Machine? Check out the drums there too That's Rob Ehlers on the drums Rob Ehlers on the drums? Yep Nice nice production That sounds so beautiful And you know what There's a problem there Jay Stone with when, When they bring it Well There's like a There's a marriage Or there's a a common linkage between classical music and heavy metal uh-huh. but when heavy metal bands use it they just kind of use it as like filler or like something on the top yeah, yeah. and there's no indi- individuality from the musicians yeah so our homegirl Emily she uses the violin as basically a foundational instrument mm. it's a power trio you understand okay and she's playing through those amplifiers and she's really making it sing by the way who are your current band members uh, Emily uh, Nitrous M1 currently is myself, Larry Boothroyd, uh, from Victim's Family. From Victim's Family? Yep. Oh, wow. Victim's yeah. Family. And yeah. Chad Tasky. That's awesome. Okay, shout out to them, too. And by the way, can we talk about really quickly, you got a brand new amp. What did you have that shipped from somewhere? Yep. What is that you got there? It's a Kemper modeling amp, and I... Um, kind of jumped ship from being super loyal to my angle because we're in this... I was uh, wondering about that because you got your start with your sound with angle, right? Yeah, which I love. I totally love, but I'm, I, I'm cramped in my apartment building and I can't, I can't play, I can't write, I, and I have all these collaborations and those right. tubes keep going out. It, it, it's a finicky amp. Right. And so I got this Kemper profiler and I'm really excited about it. Well, that's great. Well, congratulations. And by the way, if Emily's here and she has her amp, what does that mean? Is something going to happen? It means we're going to play some music. Isn't that right, Jay Stone? Did you bring your guitar? I did, brother. I have my bass. It is going down. We're going to have like a mini concert in here. Oh, shit. And playing a concert in here is kind of like playing a concert in like a dentist's office. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> imagine if you were in the waiting room at the dentist and you're sitting there right, reading Highlights magazine. All of a sudden, three people. <laughs> Highlights. Wow. <laughs> oh, you bring me back. Wait a minute. I don't know that. that was I was cool, dude. I, I was born in 2002. I don't wow. even get that reference. That was tight. I ain't heard that in a long time. <laughs> Highlights. Remember the little characters? I miss in those days. <laughs> yep. That's what's up, man. 
Um, by the way, Emily, uh, she's promoting a brand new album. It's going to come out soon. It's coming out on September 25th. That is correct. And it's called Dreams in Devastation. Nice. She stole the, you know, we were going to use that title for our next album, but okay, yeah, she can have it. damn it. Dreams in Devastation, and it's an amazing album. We're going to get right into it, Jay Stone. Uh, this album, by the way, just so you know, it's not No Small Potatoes. Um, she recorded it where? She recorded it at Dave Grohl's studio. Oh, The shit. Foo Fighters studio. Wow. Studio 606. Where's yeah. that studio? Can we go there right now? It's in Let's Northridge. You could go if you want. It's going to take you six hours. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that one, and you know what? It was engineered by John Lou. Is it Lou Stowe? It Lou, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We call he, him Lou. Yeah, he's man. great. Yeah. So that's that's big time. That he, you know, Food Fighters engineer, Iggy Pop, Joan Jett, Jay Stone. Mm. So that's uh that's some real heavyweights. Deal. Yeah, heavyweights. Uh, Emily has performed at the Grammys before. What? Uh, she performed in an orchestra conducted by nobody big, just John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin, Jay Stone. Damn. Listen to that. She has performed live with Foo Fighters as well. She just happens to be buddies with Eric McFadden. Yes. And she's gracing us with our presence today. Can't wait for this. This is going to be a great episode. Thank you for coming in. Likewise. No better place to be. It's really good to see you. You as well. What I wanted to say is I wanted to talk about, because I haven't talked to the folks in a while, I want to talk about our last episodes with Chocolate and what a wonderful experience that was. Yeah. Um, those last two shows we did, I'm talking about the Willie Wild episode and the Chocolate episode, episode 11. Those were uh, the most popular episodes we've ever done. And I've had uh, a brilliant plan. Because remember I told you that the majority of our listeners so far, Jay Stone, they're guys. Yeah. It's too much of a guys club. What? So my master plan was to bring in more women listeners. And that's two back to back. Well, my plan backfired spectacularly. <laughs> and we just got more guy fans. And I should have uh. known. So, oh, so, no. so wow. Chocolate, she's With like she's like Cleopatra, right? Oh, she's yeah, out there in the definitely. desert. I think these guys want to build a pyramid for her. I'm sure they do. <laughs> and these guys, we got more guys, 45 to 54, and 54 to 65. And they're that's writing stuff up. like, oh, I have a crush on you, Chocolate. And wow. that funk box. <laughs> We're so important to those early albums. I miss you. Welcome back. What? Flyness and the flyest woman ever. I hope y'all read the book, though. Oh, actually, people are getting defensive about that. They're like, I read the book. Yeah, you know. So people were talking back about that. And I think she sold some books, too. I hope Did so. Did you read the book? Man, I'm, ha- I'm, right, almost, I'm almost done. Uh, I, I got a little bit more. Oh, you just got a little fire. bit it's been throwing me oh, off. right, right. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. have an excuse. You yeah. have extra time in your book report, young man. <laughs> so, but anyway. experiences. Man, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, you read that? Yeah, yeah. dude. So, so, Stevie Wonder took her back to the apartment one time. Did you read the parts where there's some, like, gunplay in that book? Yes. And she was defending herself. With Sly. <laughs> with Sly And there's some crazy stories in that book. There was even a book where she tried to attack Larry with a butcher knife, I think. Remember? Yeah. She was chopping on the, uh, yeah. the door. Yeah, we got to have her back on and finish all those we stories. We need to make a movie out of that book, please. And I think she's interested in that, too. Yeah, man. But uh, you know what? It was a beautiful experience, and uh, I really like working with her. I learned a lot working with her. 
Um, she knows what she wants. She drives a hard bargain. Her and I had to compromise on some things, and we had like we had some stresses and you know behind the scenes getting the episodes together. Yeah. Because we both care about what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but it was just a beautiful time, and I had a, a great experience. She's also a nice person and a good friend to talk to. And getting that original Stozo the Clown artwork yeah, for the episode two, that definitely. was that was so awesome. That was so cool. But last and certainly not least about chocolate, she is the type of person where if you make a mistake, yeah. she will call you up immediately and tell you, you made a mistake. <laughs> so I made a mistake and I need to correct it. Do you remember she didn't hear, I guess she was hearing a little bit of echo on her phone. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about something and she said something about her, some record contract, and she said Natalie. She said the name Natalie. Okay. And I said, Larry's wife. Mm. And uh, she didn't she didn't say anything because she didn't hear that. Okay. But that that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, Larry's wife is not named Natalie. Tina. Was it, was it Tina? Tina. Okay, thank you. Yeah. You did read the book. Okay, uh, you passed. Dude, come on. <laughs> I'll start reading <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, you did read it. So I just want to correct that because she let me know. Uh, we got shows coming up, Jay Stone. Uh, we're finally going to have your boy uh, Wayne Foote in from oh, Slave. Man. We'll have him in. No joke. We'll, right do there, some, uh, we'll do some stuff with him. Foot Funk. And uh, yeah, some Foot Funk. And also, by the way, um, Chocolate, she wants to get us some guests, too. So Ooh. she's kind of got the J-Dub thing where she's going to bring us some people. That's dope. And I have some people in mind, so that's yeah, going to be cool as well. Yeah. We always get good, uh, what do you call it, uh, word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah, good references, J-Stone. So good job with that. You know, like I said, people have been listening to us all over. We got listeners all over California, J-Stone. We have listeners in Los Angeles. Frisco, Frisco, Santa Ana, Richmond, yeah, Visalia. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> you guys in California? California's like a country. I haven't been every place in California. Nah. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Crenshaw, Crenshaw, Elk Grove. That's what's up. On the East Coast, people listen to us in Brooklyn and Buffalo. Yeah. Emily, did you Rick know we James. have a lot of listeners in Texas? What do you think what? about that? People I think that's good. <laughs> I think more people in Texas should listen to you. Yeah, right on. I think Texas, I think we could all use a little help right now. Right on. And you know what? We got listeners also in D.C. D.C. Chocolate D.C. City. is huge. Yeah, Chocolate City because they were down with chocolate. Indiana, they like uh, oh, A-Style Podcast. I'm sure they do. New Jersey, where I was born. My homie Tree. Tree? Tree. Mm-hmm. St. Louis. Alaska. Oh, man. Oklahoma. Oklahoma is always in there, Jay Stone. Yeah, Oklahoma are. is down with it. New Mexico. Puerto Ricans love it, my fellow Americans yes, in Puerto sir. Rico. Tennessee, they dig it in Tennessee, and I love Tennessee, Jay Stone. Man. I've been all over Memphis. that state. Memphis, yes. Shy, they dig it. Yes. Georgia. Georgia, I love you, Georgia, mm-hmm. but get your act together. Get your act together. <laughs> you guys are tripping, Georgia. I lived in Georgia a year ago. Yeah, uh, now we drove back out here to California. Straight up. That's all I got to say. People in Mississippi, they love Ace Out Podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm really into that. Mississippi is beautiful. I got folks out there. People in Vegas, people in Ohio, mm-hmm. people in Phoenix. Yeah. People in Florida. Yeah. Kentucky, Philly. Feel that bump. Wyoming. That's what I'm talking about. Wyoming. Baltimore. Baltimore. Michigan, Emily. Yep. They Detroit dig it. City. They dig it in Detroit. They dig it in Grand Rapids. Of course Rapids. they do. 
<laughs> you know that. They dig it and let's see. Oh, I want to say hello to some specific people, okay? Yeah. A woman named Pastor Tunisia Lake mm-hmm. of Liberty Rings Ministries in Alabama. Okay. What's up? She likes Aced Out Podcast. There's this dude named Jerry Funderburk. Jerry. You like that? Jerry Funderburk from Gastonia, North Carolina. What's up? Angela Badger from South Carolina. Angela Badger. It doesn't stop in the United States. We got so many listeners in France, Jay Stone. It's ridiculous. I can't say enough about people from France. Even people like Lola Funk from France. Lola Funk. There's a guy named Capitano Taku Taku, and he lives in France, and he likes Ace Out Podcast. We got a lot of listeners in Germany. You know that, right? Yeah. South Korea, Japan. Wow. All right. Just because we have so many Japanese listeners, I'm going to say another do it. sentence. Do you it, right? Do it. Uh, Atorashi Kutsu uh, Irimas Demo Okane Botaimasen. You know what that means? No. I need new shoes, but I don't have any money. <laughs> and that was in Japanese. You didn't know I was bilingual. Man, you, you, you kind of got that down. I could talk all day. <laughs> I kind of got that down. We'll speed that up in post. That was kind of slow. <laughs> no. Okay. Remember where you can listen to us, guys. You can listen to us on Stitcher. That's my favorite. I love how A-Style Podcast looks on Stitcher app. Nice. Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Overcast, Jay Stone. Overcast. But the place to see us is on acedoutpodcast.com. That's what I'm talking about. A-C-E-D-O-U-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Okay, let me tell you how I met Emily Palin. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let me break it down. Okay, so you remember Red Devil Lounge, right? Oh, you played man, there before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Million times. Um, so I had a gig there with Stymie, and I don't know, I guess like eight years ago. Okay. And we were playing there, and I was trying to remember, so I was trying to remember who else was there. I remember, I think Coffee Brown, no, I know Coffee Brown was there, but I okay. can't remember what it was. I can't remember if it was Coffee Brown Band or Sisters in the Pit. Yeah. Uh, Probably that. That sounded like about eight years yeah, ago. Yeah, and I think Shelly Doty had a trio there. It was like four bands. It was a pretty big thing. Dope. Uh, I think some company had like hired us all to do it. And it was actually a pretty good show, pretty big show anyway. And then the first band was called Nitrous M1. Okay. And I was like, okay, whatever that is. It's some weirdo kind of like uh, Bay Area band name. You know, I've heard of all. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Our, my band's called Stymie the Pinchos Love Orchestra. So I don't know, Nitrous M1. But then I saw some people get on stage. I saw uh, this drummer, Daria Johnson. Yeah. And I was like, wow! You know, she's my she's one of my personal all-time favorite drummers. Where? I even tried to get her in Stymie one time. She got. I didn't even know she was gonna be there. So I'm like, what's going on? So she was on getting on stage to play drums. She used to be in London Street. Okay. And then this dude, another dude I know, uh, Brian Dean. Mm-hmm. Brian Dean, who played with Coffee Brown, and he also played in a rock band, a band, a band called Pain. Oh, yeah. Bass player. Yeah, I know Brian. So them two, they got on stage. So I said, what? What's happening here? So now I want to watch Nitrous M1. So then there's a, this lady comes on with a violin. What? Emily. I'm like, what are, what's, what are we watching here? And then I remember it was an early performance, and then she came on, and then just a lot of people were there. A lot of people saw it. And I just remember, um, not just me, 
but everybody had like kind of a big reaction to it. Like yeah. everybody's like, wow, that was that was really intense. Nice. And I remember everybody remembered that. Right. And then it so it didn't really look like it makes sense on paper. But then subsequently, I have no idea. How many times has Stymie and Nitrous M1 played on the same bill, do you think, Emily? Man, as many times as I can manage. Like, it would it be 20 times, 30 no, times? No, I would say between, what, 10? 10, something like that? But I've known Stymie for... Is it only 10? Is, Is it, it only 10? I thought it would be more. Because I know well, I've, I've done at least, like, maybe five or six, and then I was out of the been band. A, it's been a lot. I love to share the stage with Stymie. Yeah, and we we played great. a lot of gigs together um, where you were the headliner, or we were the headliner, and we would switch back and forth. Yeah, we would flip it. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, because sometimes I would take care of, like, Stymie business, like giving people their money after the show, but also mostly because we were the only people that would show up, like, on time for sound check. So I, I became friends with Emily because we'd right. be like the only ones there <laughs> for like about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. So I got to the know preppers, her that way because we'd always just be pro- standing around. Yep. Yeah. The, the suckers that showed up on time. And so that's how we got to know each other. And then I even got so far. So the last time I talked to you, I was trying to remember, I wanted to make, um, when I left the band for the last time, I wanted to make my own uh, demo or EP or something. I think with maybe Barack Wayne, like 2014, uh, right before I hooked up with you, Jay Stone. Yeah. And I was talking to Emily about I wanted to produce my, I don't even know if you remember this, I wanted to produce my music at her house, like in yeah, her I studio. Remember, you remember yeah. that? Yep. Okay. And so we, we're pretty far along with like talking about this. Yeah. And then I remembered, because I totally suck and I'm a bubble boy. Like I, I remember because I was thinking like a normal person, I forgot to ask. And then I called her, I'm all, do you have a cat? <laughs> oh, that's what killed it. Yeah, and it just killed it. She's oh. all, yeah. And I said, of course. Of course. Yeah. Why did I ask that? And that's just me. That's my fault. That's not your fault, but that killed well, it. It's and no I was so embarrassed. I was like, wah, You can't wah, be embarrassed wah. about that. So you're allergic to cats. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. Oh, oh, yeah. That's that. Like, if you put me in a room with a cat, that's my kryptonite, Jay Stone. Dude, like, okay. Oh, you could take me out. You ever want to murder me, and that's how to do it. So Just when lock, I, lock when me in I, here so with when Fifi we, or whatever. When we record next time, I got to swipe my computers with all the cat hair and all that stuff. And yeah. Come and, to your pad and, and let you record And even then, I there. might have to wear a spacesuit or Damn. something. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got seven cats. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. This guy's like Dr. Doolittle. Don't even go to his pad. We're going to talk heard, about that later. Yeah. And they all had to evacuate. It's like yeah. Noah's Ark. <laughs> but, yo, the last time, uh, just to wrap this up, the last time, so just running, fast forward to when I just ran into you to have you come on the show. So right before the whole world shut down, and I mentioned before I went to the last Stymie show like at the end of February, and I, that's why I ran into Emily there. Okay. But what I didn't explain was kind of funny is when I got there, um, I went there uh, before I'd eaten dinner, uh-huh. and I it was there too early. I'm, I'll just go to Jack London Square where the album room is, and I'll just place to eat food. Where? And I took a lift there, and I looked out the window, and like I already did this joke before. It was like the angels singing like, ah! I saw like Nation's hamburgers. I was uh, like, ah! Oh. I was so hungry I could eat like a redwood tree. I was like, ah! And I got out of the lift and I was gonna go in there. I thought this would be great. And then I looked and I saw uh, Simon, the keyboard player in Stymie. And I was feeling kind of gregarious, you know? Yeah. I didn't even think he likes me that much, but I was just like, hey, Simon, hey, what's up, man? And I was like, blah, blah, blah. 
And I yelled at him, like kind of over over this this woman's shoulder that I paid no attention to because I was being totally obnoxious. And she turned around and it was Emily. She was there. I was like, whoa, you know. And I haven't seen her in like six or seven years. Yeah. And then we started talking about something, and I don't even know what we were talking about because I was like, oh, this is terrible. You know what? She's like Emily's like very passionate. She's conscious. She's probably like a vegan or something. She's like watching me. I'm gonna walk in. I'm like, oh no. I'm gonna go into like nation. I'm like, this is work. Like this is the last. This is the last person I want to see like stand in front of nations when I'm about to run into. It'd be like like I was about to go dumpster diving and you see like Maya Angelou. You're like she's like oh hi. You're like ah. Oh. I'm not going in the dumpster right. now, right? So like I'm about to go. So, so she turns around. And I'm like oh. I was like oh my god. I'm gonna go in there. She's gonna be like wow. I thought this was cool. Oh. Corporate factory farming, eating dead, dead animals. You can't deny their pie, though. So, like, I was even thinking in my head, I was like, you know what, I might just walk around the corner. Maybe she'll leave by the time I come around. But then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to own it. And I did. I said, I'm all right, guys. I'm going to go into Nations now. I'm going to get something to eat. I said, was it thing. good? I hope it was, it was a good It was so good. good. It was great. But good. I sat in the back. I didn't sit in the window. Everyone needs to get what they need, man. That's right. Wow, that's a good song title, too, Emily. See, you are a writer. Anyway, um, Emily does have, she has a video coming out pretty soon, and uh, it's called Butterfly. And I thought we could listen to it a little bit, and then we're going we're gonna to talk to her. We're going to do the interview proper. Are you ready, Jay Stone? I'm ready. I see you got your Unfuck the World t-shirt on. That's right. Right on, bro. Like a fronty. <laughs> got my seatbelt on, too. I'm ready for this ride. By the way, Emily has two videos already out. One is called Polarity Integrate. The other one is called Lock and Key. She's got a video come out for the third one. Go ahead, Waves. I'm just vamping. You can hit it. Listen to that, Jason. That's it. I've had this stuck in my head for last week. Sing with the J. I'm just kidding. Don't. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice bass line. That bass, that's Uriah Duffy. Oh, that's right, Uriah Duffy. Yeah, from, he did used to be a white snake. Yeah. yeah. Great player. Yeah, great.
this is the part in the show where everybody gets their lighters out. <laughs> Mosh pit. Yeah, that sounds good. And that's Butterfly from the album Dreams and Devastation. That sounds nice. So um, what I wanted to ask you, so that was this has actually been a process. So, um, for example, uh, Emily, so I talked about, I met you like eight years ago. Where were you with this sound, like say eight years ago? Did you have your angle amps then? Like how, because this take, yeah. took a long time to get to making that sound, right? You can't just plug into a guitar amplifier, in other words, and get a good sound, is what, right? You can, you kind of can with an angle. That's the thing. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. You had to, dis- it took you a while to discover that. Right. So, yeah, it's really tricky with a violin with guitar amps. They don't make shredding. Because, because it's not, um, j- just how the violin is built. Mm-hmm. It be- not being a fretted instrument, all of these little differences. And it's hollow. It's hollow. Yeah, I don't play with an electric violin. I can't stand them. Oh, Maybe really? that will change in the future. The uh-huh. weight's totally More, different. Uh-huh. Oh, it's heavy. So it's heavy, and I can't. So yeah. I just use my violin I've had since high school. It's my sister's violin, oh. so I use that. That's what's up. It feels like home to me. Oh, is that true? That is true. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was. It, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a I have a pickup on there, but with the guitar amps, I would play through a Deville. I play through these different amps, but it just didn't have that. What kind that of pickup bite. do you use? It's a bags. Bags, yeah. Bags. It's in. Bags. It's in the. Um. It's a pickup that's a, embedded like, in like the Pizio. bridge. A Pizio pickup. That's what they call it when you okay. can't see it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. inside the bridge. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't come out. So, so there's not enough definition. The the definition and the detail of the violin. Yeah. Would get lost in all of those other amps, and it just oh. didn't have the richness of the tone. So when I played through an angle, it really worked and it popped like that. It, it, it could sizzle and you could get that really hot sound, but also the depth that yeah. I wanted to make. Um, oh. It's just different making the violin as a front instrument and not having a guitar in the band. Yeah, so, that's what I was going to say. And then um, that's really, um, that's an amazing choice because what she does, you guys, if, if you see this and I've seen it live before, you, she actually sings and plays at the same time. So it is just like a power trio and you just get all that sound and the whole the whole a song is performed nice. that way. And uh, so why that? Why the heaviness instead of like saying like, oh, I'm going to become a guitar player now or something? Why like just it's keep it? It's not my language. Uh-huh. It's not. It's just the violin. Um, I fell in love with the instrument when I was a little kid. I started playing as soon as I was old enough to play. I was four. Right. And it was... And you come from a musical family. I do, yeah. And it was always the way that I could... It's just meant to be, for lack of a better way to say it, I could always be really honest with the violin, in a way. And I'm not a guitar player, so I just feel like, well, I don't want to be the additional instrument. Um, When you're a violinist, a lot of times, it's going to sound a little bit... Yeah, that's what I was saying before, like an additional instrument. Yeah, you want... People want strings on their songs because it makes it sound really good, you know. But yeah. I had my own thing I wanted to say, and then I'm, I've always loved really intense uh, emotional metal. Mm-hmm. So and you- so I had to just figure out my own way to make that work Yeah. because I wanted to. And it's really liberating because I grew up practicing hard for classical. Yeah. And there's a way that that's a pretty rigid box. And um, there's a lot of perfection. Yeah. Yeah. There are... And speaking of now, the jobs are gone. 
operas are folding, orchestras are mm. folding. It's pretty Ooh, intense, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I just, I think I always knew that I had to follow my truth somehow. Yeah. And nice. So that's what I did. Do you like uh, Joe Satriani, Steve Vai? You, are you into that? I'm that? not. No? I'm not. I really love... She likes Tool and shit. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. Early <laughs> yeah. Tool was my thing. That was my bank card pin. Yeah. <laughs> I was but so into that. improvisation, like... That's why I said that. For, because right. those guys improvise and they have like some crazy right. ideas coming. They do. I think... Um, I, I don't try to emulate anyone necessarily. Yeah. I don't... I have band here. I have bands that have changed my life and I listen to every day. Yeah. And those are like my heroes, but I don't have, I don't necessarily have a player that I put up on a pedestal. Yeah, if yeah. that sounds horrible, but no, I know what you mean. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like there's this sweet spot that I try to find between some players that are super technical and you can't feel a thing. Yep. And it's like, man, what are you saying? Tell me how you feel. Make me feel something. Yeah. Yeah. You can rip and you can play fast, but I don't feel it. I don't feel anything. Right. And for me, I think it's always been so emotionally driven. And and the classical bass, if you listen to uh, the heavy romantic composers, Brahms, Beethoven, Stravinsky, all of that, that's emotionally driven music. And the, the harmony serves that. So it's a way of combining that. And I feel like really giving a well-rounded kind of seeking the maximum power. Right. You know, that's wow. always what I'm trying to go for. Nice. What kind of music does your sister do? She's a violinist in the Chicago Lyric Opera. She's, wow. she's been with them for a long time and they are not playing. They're not playing. They're not playing. Uh, that's awful. Yeah. That's awful. And Emily grew up where? In Midland, Michigan. And when did you come out to California? In May of 98. May of 98. How was it uh, growing up in Midland, Michigan? It was intense a bit. It's a small town. Yeah. Um, pretty conservative. My family's a bit more liberal. Yeah, Quite a bit like more it. liberal. <laughs> Very isn't, liberal. Isn't your dad like a poet or something? Yeah, my dad's a poet. Um, he was the newspaper editor, Midland Daily News editor. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah, my mother is a cellist and a, a string teacher. Um, feminist, cool. all of these things that kind of cut against the grain. Um, Are they still there? They live in Illinois now. Illinois, okay. Yeah, okay. they live in a bigger uh, university town, so there's a bit more richness there for them. Mm. Nice. Yeah. But and, yeah, oh, Midland yeah, was definitely small. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and why did why the move to California? I, f- I just fell for it. I came on vacation. I was supposed to be here for a month studying violin with someone out here. And I had never seen or spent so much time. I think I needed a break, too. I was really hitting a wall. I was in music school for violin performance two years through. I couldn't. What school? University of Michigan School of Music. And And what was wrong with that scene? um, I had a wonderful teacher. And technically, I was on the track, you know. I was on the track that I was supposed to be on or whatever. But... I couldn't do it anymore. And people, um, it's not the healthiest of environments. It's very competitive. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, kind of bullying that wasn't very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, again, again. So stuff like that. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, that. I mean, teachers were cool. It's more like there's a thing that happens in the classical scene between students. Uh, that's pretty, that's never just, talked about. 
it's just petty. Yeah. There's just a lot of pettiness, but moreover, I think I had been practicing every day since I was four and I needed, I, I needed, I couldn't do it. I had tendonitis. I was depressed. I was also starting to drink Mm. and I came to California and I was like, I'm out. And by the way, and and by the way, Jay Stone, Emily made her living only boosting for seven years. Right. Is that right? That's right. Uh, I guess where, like Union Square, places like that? In the yeah. city? San Francisco? In the city, right in front of Neiman Marcus. Yeah, yeah. So I would watch people come in with like $10,000 of clothes. It was such a trip. Right. Wow. Fur, leather, da-da-da, like everything, just to the nines. And then you watch, and I was friends with a lot of homeless people down there as well, because you get to know people in the neighborhood. No doubt. You, you sure. S- you see their patterns, you yeah. know? It's really fascinating. And then you see this huge wealth disparity. Yeah. It's like... It's painful. Yeah. So did you go trip. out there like on a regular shift or when did, when did you go I, out there? Whenever I, um, was it daily? Mostly daily, I think. How much I money could you for, pull down? On a good day, what yeah. was it, 200? Yeah. I'd go <laughs> nice. out. I got good at manifesting. I would go out for a couple hours and I hate having a boss, right? right. So this is why I did it. I hate, I think capitalism is, bull- can I swear on here? Yeah. It's bullshit. Go Capitalism is bullshit and having a boss d- does not suit me. I don't like answering to people who think that I, they, whatever. It's just not, I don't do well. I've been fired from more jobs than <laughs> I have fingers and toes, but I so, was just about to guess that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, good. but so 200 bu- bucks a day and for seven years, huh? For seven years. Yeah, wow. I did that. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, it was and good so learning. what I, what I was going to ask you about is. So you were doing improvisation mostly out there, from what I understand, right? So yeah, that's true. That's not something that all classically trained musicians can do. So where does that come from? Correct. Um, I think that, so speaking of the when I quit music school, I kind of had a break with this, the, the discipline, I think. I, I can't find the word for it right now, but there's this way where you think, okay, I'm just going to practice. You would shed. Mm-hmm. You know, these pieces and you're using one part of your brain right. and I couldn't do it anymore. So I had mm-hmm. to find a workaround. So I started doing rock music and then improvisation. You use your other ha- you use your other yeah. hemisphere and you also get to play how you feel in the moment, mm-hmm. which to me was a profound thing. Right. Coming from this background where everything needs to be totally perfect and mm-hmm. Or it's hard. Classical music is very difficult. Violin sonatas are very difficult. You have to, you really have to know what you're doing. But there's a different risk that you do when you're improvising. You have to completely trust the moment, and then the moment takes you, rather than yourself. Right. And yep. there's a freedom. You're surfing. Yeah. Yep. So there was a freedom I found in that. Yeah, it's kind of like a musical trance. You're on the edge there. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're about to fall off, but you don't quite fall off. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And sometime around that time, a dude named uh, Gregory James walked by and heard you play. Yeah, that's Gregory, my friend Gray. He's and, great. And so that turned into you making a solo album, solo in every sense of the world, uh, in, you know, Grace Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not all our listeners do. Uh, Grace Cathedral is a, just a huge, beautiful church on California. Cal- uh, yeah. Yeah, top of California. Right, right, top of California. And uh, 
so how, how did that work out? So did he approach you and how did, you know, say, so how did it come that he's going to make this album and how did, how did that all come to be? Yeah. And the album, by the way, is called Glass. Uh, yeah, we became friends. He was doing some, uh, a, another, I'm trying to think of how it happened. He was doing another project, the Valence Project. The Valence Project? Yeah, yeah I so saw we that. worked on that as well um, together. And he just, he actually came to one of my gigs. I was doing a dinner performance and he had kind of a spiritual experience sitting. I think he had a bad day. He right. told me this. He had a bad day. He was sitting there drinking a glass of wine, listening to me improv. And he had a spiritual shift. Mm. And he had an idea. He works with a woman, Cookie Marenko, Blue Coast Recording, mm. does very high fidelity audio recording down in um, south of San Francisco. And they had an, he had the idea to do the improv album. And then she said, why don't we do it at Grace Cathedral? Wow. So they came up with this idea. And then Gus Guinness built some crazy contraption that I'm not technologically advanced enough in this area to explain it to you, but it's incredibly high quality audio recording as if you're in the room that many bits of information per second. Hmm. And that's how they recorded that in the cathedral. So it's not just a regular CD. It's an SACD. So it's an SACD. Yeah. Super, super, audio. super audio CD. Yeah. 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 Like super VHS. Yes, <laughs> it's super fancy. <laughs> but well, let's let's uh, let's not be so abstract about it. Let's listen to a little bit of it, and then we'll talk about it some more. This is a little bit of a piece called "The Inevitability of Water." That's another title she stole from me. <laughs> All right, so this 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 is in Grace Cathedral. Sounds good in headphones. How was this put together? I was going to ask you, um, like my only reference is like, I know some albums that Miles Davis did, like his electric period, uh, they would play a bunch of stuff. And then this guy, Tio Marcio would like edit it. 
Like, how did how did you do this album? Like, were you just playing, and then they made like sort of like retroactively made it into a piece, or no? They just cut sections. How about title and stuff like that? I titled everything later. So we did two days of recording in Grace Cathedral. Yeah. And then they picked, we went through and we picked the spots. But those are all straight takes through. They're not comped together. Right. I figured that. Um, yeah. So we just went through and kind of cherry picked what, which ones we wanted. And then I went through and titled them Great. after the fact. Yeah. The next CD that we did, Creation, that is all real time. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And that's a good one, too. Where was Creation recorded? That was at Blue Coast and this, Studios. And this one, that uh, Glass came out in 2012, right? Yeah. 2012. So what happened? Um, I feel like you had your band also at this time, too, because I must have met you around the same time. What happened with this album, or what did you do with it, or how did you promote it, or... I sold it when I was busking. I yeah. I hawked it on the street. <laughs> it was great. That's yeah. how you do it. Sold it for a pretty penny and no, not trying to disparage <laughs> it, but yeah, we had we had CDs and we had a beautiful um record release party for it. Nice. At Project 1. Mhm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then what was the um what was the Cali project that you did? Cuz that's that's uh, that's uh, pretty cool. Later, like, did you do Callie around the same time? Or? So Callie, there's a story behind this. Mm. You want to okay. hear it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So um, Callie, so yeah, so during this time, um, also into energy work and otherworldly dimensions and all of this stuff. And that's part of the power of improvisation is that you can pull in information from different realms. Um, yeah. Exactly. So... With Kali, I had just done, um, it was around 2012, and I had just done some work around two really long sacred solfeggio um, pieces that I was commissioned to write write for a guru. Oh. Some what pieces? Sacred solfeggio. Do you know what that is? Explain yeah, that to Yeah, so sacred solfeggio are specific tones that are matching your um, oh, I see. chakras. Yeah. And so... I was commissioned by Panash Desai to to write these two 30-minute meditations for him. And then he um, very... So I wrote these... I should put them out. It's past... I can release them on my own now. But he turned out to be a quite a bit of a bully. And Really? Yeah. As, as a lot of spiritual um Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard that before. Yeah. It's so common. You and get him in the... In the- Private, they're totally crazy. Yeah. Yes. It's in, wow. yeah, it was very revealing. So I wrote, it was really upsetting. And, and to have someone basically bully you into through a contract negotiation and also take in um, gender dynamics mm. that you feel lifelong. So it was a point where I decided to do this recording for Kali and to process through this dynamic through that piece. So I set the bed in Kali of the tones of the sacred solfeggio tones. And then I just improv and I weaved my way through everything that came up around this pattern of, of continually working with people or coming into mm. contact with people. Cause this is, a, this is a societal issue. So I said, all right, well, I'm just going to do some energy work around it and record it. And I put it out as Kali, who is the goddess, you know, slays the head of the negative ego. Nice. Would it be okay if we listen to some of that? You can, if you All want, right. yeah. All let's, right, let's, let's check it out. And when did this come out? Did this also come out in 2012? 
I believe so, yeah. Okay, let's listen a little bit. I'm going to take my shoes off and lay on the floor with it. Excuse me. <laughs> Stand on your head. <laughs> no, this is cool, isn't this? shoes back on hold on okay there we go got my shoes back on all right by the way guys we are talking to emily palin the leader of nitrous m1 i need you guys to go to nitrousm1.com and let me spell that for you that is k-n-i-g-h-t-r-e-s-s m1.com she has an album coming out september 25th Dreams and Devastation. It has three singles, a couple of them already out. Polarity Integrate and Lock and Key, and then also Butterfly. If you go there, you can get merch. You can get t-shirts, Jay Stone. You can get a Nitrous M1 sweatshirt. I'm going to have to get a a sweatshirt? Yeah, they got that. Anything else? Any other merch? Or what else did I... Did I forget anything? No. <laughs> did not. All right, just let me know we did. I think I, I think I got everything. All right. Um, what I want to ask you, so so when did you first decide to form the trio then? I'm trying to get a timeline. Uh, yeah, it was about that time. It was around 2011 that I started writing for my own stuff. I hit I hit a point where I decided to cut out all extraneous. I was gigging a lot for other people. I was playing a lot. Cause you do that as a working musician, Yeah, you play whatever gig you can get, you mm-hmm. know? And I was getting pretty tired and I needed to focus on, I wanted to focus on my own voice. So I made a decision to cut, um, playing for other people and just focus on my own project. That's brave. That's brave to do, especially, uh, with cash, you know, cash flow and stuff right. like that. <laughs> That's a big move. Super brave. Yeah. And then, um, uh, what, how can I ask this? Uh, What I want to ask you is sometimes I know for me, the reason why I'm glad when I make friends with somebody like Jay Stone is a lot of times as a musician, I'll have an idea for a song or something. And people think, to be honest, like that's weird or that's stupid or it doesn't make sense what you want to do. Why would you want to do that? Or that's, that's weird. Right. So 
I'm trying to ask you without being I, rude. <laughs> dude, would you say, uh, it seems like maybe the idea for the trio that you want to do, people might be like, eh. Maybe, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe give you a hard time. Or did you feel like kind of like... Uh, well, I had to learn how to sing as well. Yeah. I, I know. I you remember know? that too. Yeah, I had to too. Way Which back is when. really yeah. hard. And I... So it it's been a learning curve for me, for sure. I think... I had to learn how to sing. I had to, I've over the years, I've had to really hone what my own voice is. I've written music and continue to write music in a lot of different styles, but it's always a journey to, you know, it's, it's difficult to find players who get what you're doing. Yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to ask. Yeah, Yeah. It's difficult to get players who get what you're doing. And, and it's, it's also, it's just conscious wise. It's different. When you're trying to really do something that's not like, hey, I want to play heavy shit and like, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> or whatever the base surface yeah. approaches, that's not where I'm coming from. So I feel like people at least need to be open to respecting that. Yeah. yeah. They maybe don't need to be on that wavelength, but don't be triggered by it. Like if you're triggered by that consciousness, it's mm. not. And that would happen a lot. What do you or, mean? How would you get mm, triggered by it? Um, I think... Maybe not, maybe triggered is not uh, the correct word, but that's an overused word. But certain people are just, we repel each other if we're not focused on the same thing. Like magnets. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you're grounded in a certain intention and I've always needed to be open and willing to kind of face my own darkness just for my own path. I've been sober for a long time. I've had to heal a lot of stuff. How many years have you been sober? 19 years. Wow. So you can't, thank you. Um, it's easier for everyone this way. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying you're welcome. That was a mess. Um, however, I'm not now because I'm willing to, to stay sober. You have to be willing to sacrifice, sacrifice, and and face truths. Yeah. And I think if people want to continue to run, they can sense that maybe. And it's like, ah, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's been interesting. And I can't say that because that's a very unconscious thing that happens. But I definitely know that through the years of working, there are people, and I'm sure you, both of you as well identify with this, where there are just certain people that really get it. They get it and they support you and they see you, they see your soul and they want to support you. And they're a generous spirit. And then there's another time where maybe people kind of want to take a swipe at you or they're taking a swipe at everybody and you're just the next one on their path. Mm -hmm. And when you're coming at something and I've, uh, this is my, you know, grateful for it. This is my project. This is something that I, I um, muscle up and support uh, myself. I'm, I have a wonderful people that I work with now. Oh. And it took a while calling through people yep. who maybe were not the best to work with. Yeah. Um, Musician-wise, I've been incredibly lucky. Yep. Rob Ehlers, who's on this record, an absolute gem. You mm. could not ask for a better person. Uriah Duffy, he's Uriah, on this record. Yeah. He's an amazing Go. player. Brian Dean, I've played with. Brian Dean. Yeah. Is an absolute Bay Area legend bassist. Yeah. Danny Sando is another bass player, a very good friend of mine. So in that respect, I've been very lucky. However, I will say when it, music is an all-encompassing thing, when you're putting out music videos, produce, you know, producing all of this stuff, mm-hmm. 
you have to be willing to make those decisions like, nope, this you're not doing the job, you're out. And for a female, for myself, maybe that's a bit uncomfortable. For people. Right. The X to, to take what you're saying is what yeah. you Yeah. 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 Totally. Right. You but once, make you, those hard but once you make that decision, then they respect you. Like, damn, I just got cut from. <laughs> right. Hey, well, like, either they re- you know? they respect me or they're yeah. mad, but I'm not, but I'm, I'm not having to, to carry them. Hell yeah. Because I don't have it. You don't got time. No, no. that's right. <laughs> I you want somebody to come in knowing how you're feeling, and and yeah, and let's do it. Well, yeah. we see your soul, Emily Palin, and we support <laughs> you. And speaking of what did she say? Like rock out, fuck yeah. yeah. She so eloquently said before. <laughs> I have an inside scoop, uh, Jay Stone. I've actually heard some song. This album isn't even out yet, uh-huh. but I've I've actually heard this album. That's how inside the scene I am. Dope. You understand? You and I asked Emily if win. I could play just a little bit of some of these songs because they bugged me out. For example, there's a song off Dreams and Devastation called Raising Light. And I want to share it with you all. This is Raising Light by Nitrous M1. Go for it, Waves. Listen to that. That's tight, and there's no guitar in there. That's all you on the That's violin. That's all violin, That's yeah. Tight. <laughs> I'm telling you. What kind of Wawa do you use? Uh, Crybaby? Yeah, the original one. I keep stomping them out, though. They keep breaking. Try the, the Steve Vai <laughs> one. Okay. It's, it's, you don't have to step on it. It's dope. You keep selling her in that Steve Vai. Hey, hey, man. Okay, He's going to break me one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, shh, listen. Cool, man. No dog. Well, 
I don't know if this makes sense because it's it's new, different music with the violin, but your music, like this production, it kind of reminds me of a 1990s album, like a, like yeah. a cool, cool ass band from the 90s. Cool. Like it kind of like, because it sounds good because usually when I hear new music these days, it sounds so bad. Yeah. It sounds really antiseptic. It sounds like, uh, <laughs> like they have the guitars like all directly in the board with no amplifier sounds or... Right. It, it, and it's like you know they use their pro tools too much and like wiped out all the room sounds mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's what, that's lou that's that's you can attribute that to lou okay so all what right. are some of the setups with like the mics like with the amplifier or like oh man how does he like to record stuff <laughs> he well he's playing so you remember the sound city yeah. documentary that mm-hmm. da- uh, sure. dave Grohl did yeah. um that they're we're playing through that board okay wow so we're playing through that neve and i remember lou said this board reveals what's in the room. The board reveals. Reveals. So wow. you have to just show up and wh- what you play is there. It's not going to cover you. It's going to reveal, it's going to reveal your sound. Um, and he, hmm. he taught me a lot. I'm a hardcore perfectionist. So there was a lot, many times where he said, oh, I think we need to let this piece, this part breathe, or right. we could do this again. You know, he was really good. He has an amazing um, recording bedside manner. Mm-hmm. I'll say it that way. There you go. Um, he's great. And <laughs> that's important. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no joke. Um, so yeah, so we played through that board and it's an amazing room. The drums sound killer in that studio. Mm-hmm. I used an angle, uh, actually a different amp. I used an, an angle invader that they had my amp. Of course the tubes were going out. So they were like, <laughs> Oh, we have an angle fresh out of the box. They sent it to them wow, to demo nice. it out. And Dang. that thing just sounded so hot coming out fresh. Yeah. And angle invader. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we did, and then they, and then we recorded bass and drums to tape. There you go. So that's oh, the foundation so that's is to tape. Yeah. yeah, it's to tape. Aha! Uh-huh. Mm. I knew I heard something. You see, Jay Stone. <laughs> yeah. I knew something was up. But they're '90s. Like, they're not '90s. They're current. But no, I know. Like that's the what legend I mean. of right. that knowledge. Yep. Comes straight from that time. Right. That's right. So that's right. I felt I could hear it. I felt so lucky to be able to record with someone who yeah. could take the immense vision that I had. Like, cause you know, you work with some people and are like, ah, it's good enough. I gotta go. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Yeah. You need exactly. to do that shit again. Yeah. It is not good enough, right. you know? And so Lou was really gracious um, and, and wise That's with nice. working with me and allowing me to get really to the height of, of where I could at the time, what I wanted for this record. That's great. That's really great. I got to ask you about, um, I know that you were able to work with uh, John Paul Jones. So I wanted to ask you about that because um, uh, that's like, I don't know if a lot of people know this about me. That's like one of my main, main dudes. One of my first people I really got into. When I was in junior high school, (laughs) I even read this uh, magazine. It was like recording magazine or something back with, do you guys know what a magazine is? (laughs) But, um, <laughs> Paper. I was born in 2002, but I found a magazine and, and uh, TV and, guide. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, I read there was a great article on John Paul Jones, and I knew even back when I was that age is what I'm trying to say. They understood that he was an arranger. Like he started when he was 20. And he, he was on all these recordings. Plus, he played bass on like even like Donovan records and stuff. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I think he's one of the best bass players ever. I think he's way better than other guys that people talk about, like Jack Bruce and stuff. Blah blah yeah. blah. And I'm just very interested in the fact that you work with him. So first of all, you uh, entered a contest to be on the Grammys. 
Yeah, that's correct. It so was, how did that work, first of all? How did you find well, out about the contest? It was, what was, it? It was weird. Um, I'm not really a contest person, but it was a YouTube. They were launching YouTube, basically. Like, it was before YouTube really blew yeah. up. So mm-hmm. I think they were working in tandem with the Grammys with the Foo Fighters and John Paul Jones to do this big launch. Mm-hmm. So they had um, all, you know, they had a big contest for, to make this orchestra that would go down there and play with them. And so you went through the rounds of voting. Your friends would vote and the, and then they would vote. <laughs> but how, and, how did you enter? Would you send in a video? Yeah, or? you did a video. I did a video. You do an audition video to when we were doing the song, The, the Pretender. It's one of the best Foo Fighters songs. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And played that, did a minute video, minute clip of it, uploaded it. That's your audition video. And so I did that. And then I did not expect at all to be a finalist, but I was and went down there for this great opportunity to play with them. And went down uh, where? It was, was this a televised thing or was it just It was a... televised. Uh-huh. And then we went, we were in LA. What's the stadium they do it at? The convention center or something that staples. Oh, got you. And they had their own Dave. Dave Grohl's so funny. He's like, yeah, they make make us stay outside. They had their own stage outside uh. that they <laughs> that they set up for them. Okay, and they did. So and you guys so played we, outside. We played outside. Oh, that's cool. And we but we had a week of rehearsal, so we were rehearsing every day with them, and yeah. Okay, and nice. So to so to John Paul Jones then. Yes. So so he was a conductor of this orchestra. So he, how many people are in it? Are they all contest winners? They're all contest winners. Yeah. yeah. So it was a full orchestra, yep. say maybe 30 people. And he wrote the string parts to the section. So they broke out a, a, That's amazing, an man. interlude to the pretender. And they did this. He wrote an, a pretty epic string part. Wow. That's crazy. That. And then we got to play that music and he's the conductor. It's really neat. And how, oh. how was he? He's very understated. Yeah. He's just, he's just himself. Hmm. He does not have any pretenses. He just comes in. He's just a regular person. You know, and he also knows, you can tell he knows who he is. Um, (laughs) I remember I asked for an autograph. I don't like, I don't care for autographs myself, but I was getting one for for somebody else. And he's like, and he knew knew my name by this time. Like I'd given, he, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. That's nice. And um, he had asked me for a violin lesson partially partway through the week. And so. Wow. he, He asked you for a violin lesson? He did. Yeah. I didn't win the contest, but I won. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I asked him for an autograph. He's like, that's it, Emily, or something like that. It's like, that's the last one, Emily. I was like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) He's great. That's cool. He was great. And so was the band. The band was really great as well. Nice. That's great. And then then, uh, you actually did... um, also perform with Foo Fighters in Colorado. True, in the, at Red Rocks, yeah, yes. Yeah, in the big stadium. Yeah. That was a great performance as well. But that one's just you. It was just me, yep. So how did how did that come about? Um, I carted myself out there, and I was in touch with uh, the band at that time. Is that, is that kind of what links you that's to... That's what links this, me. To this album? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was reading The Secret... I was in touch with Chris Shiflett, actually, the guitarist from then. He had asked me to do some string parts for him on, on a side project he had. So we were just like very vaguely, like, hey, what's up over email, staying connected. 
very minimal, but I had this, I was reading The Secret. You remember that book yeah, at the time? Yeah, I read it. I read it. So it says, manifest something that's so ridiculous, you know it works. And so I said, all right, I'm going to fucking manifest me playing with the Foo Fighters at Red Rocks. Mm. Oh, and you manifested that. I wow. did. So what are you talking about? You trying to tell me you just drove down there and showed up or something? Or what are you saying? No, I, I flew. So before I did everything that they recommended, I felt, I closed my eyes. I wrote it. I, I imagined it. What would he say afterwards? What would that feel like? Yeah. Like I went through everything, but I <laughs> so also you wrote the script for what to happen before yeah, it happened. I, went, I wrote, I journaled about it and I went through it in my mind and I meditated wow. on it and I really got into like, got details. Okay. What is this going to feel like in my cells when this happens? Mm -hmm. And then I didn't tell anybody about it because as soon as you tell somebody about it, naysayers come in they're like you're fucking crazy really okay yeah sure and it takes the wind out of your sails mm. and you start believing them so i kept it ex totally to myself and i had scratch for money i had no money i got uh because i was busking mm -hmm. and so last minute i got the gig that was my plane fare like the day before bought my ticket i had already told chris hey i'm coming out we'll meet you there connect with him. They were playing two nights and every step of the way, I was just like, okay, just stay centered mm -hmm. and weave your way through. And then I was backstage and speaking with Dave Grohl. I was like, Hey Dave, I have this vision. He goes, what is it? He's a, he's a yes man. He's like, his cool. energy That's is really cool. huge. Wow. Mm -hmm. When he in the North, in the, in the Grammy thing, he walked through the door. You can feel his presence from 30 feet out. Wow. It's really amazing. I felt him through the door mm. before I saw him. And I wasn't enamored with the Foo Fighters at this point. I liked them, but I sure. wasn't like a fangirl. You know, it right. was energy. It was energy feel. It was really amazing. So I went backstage with him. I said, yeah, I have this vision. Go, cool. What is it? It's like, I'm going to play on stage tomorrow with you for the pretender and rip a solo. Something like that. <laughs> and I just said it. He's like, cool, let's do it. Wow. So like that. So huh? it, yeah. So it taught me a lot. I was petrified. That solo is flat. It's not my best solo. I was scared out of my mind. I was wearing a dress. The fans kept bl blowing my dress up as I walked out on stage. But fuck it. I did it. And it taught me a lot. And when I was up there watching all of these people, they were happy. 10,000 people. It was a sold out show. And the right. Foo Fighters, they're just Yeah, I saw stoked. the videos. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Huge. They're just happy. And I was like, all right, that's what it's about. Yeah. And I felt comfortable having stage fright but when i'm up there i go i can do this right so you this said it was what, a turning point right it's a turning point and it's a reference point for me mm -hmm. because i think when you allow yourself to let go into what you give yourself permission to live the life that you truly want to live don't feel shame about it right this is my dream right. yeah i'm worthy i'm worthy i can do this i deserve to do this deserve is a very weird word I think we all deserve yeah. and we're all worthy but I think especially I'm not sure if it's America or whatever it is we're taught to keep your head down hey let's listen to another song from your album why don't we do that um let's listen to uh this is from dreams and devastations guys this song is called minutes minutes by nitrous m1 
Come on, ladies. Let's mosh. Come on. Hey, Jay Stone, I don't know if you can tell. I can tell. This is recorded at 528-something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kilohertz? <laughs> no, I, I don't know that. That was dope. Emily told me that. That song's dope, by the That's way, right? Dope. Yeah. What yeah. does that mean, what I just said? I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was recorded at what? Well, I tuned the record to four, 528 hertz, which yeah. is one of those sacred solfeggio. Most definitely. You Tons. tune the record, so every song, like the record all the way through, or what does that mean? That just means the mastering. That means you know when you tune, you tune up for a show, you tune to A four forty. So if you're translating that, if uh, wait, when I tune up for a show, I tune to A four forty. Explain to him why it was changed, like from Hitler right. and all that. That that will help him out. So yeah, so when you tune your tu- into a tuner, yeah. it's standard tuning is A four forty. That's okay. that's what you tune to. That's where it goes green on your tuner, right? Uh-huh. So that's the the vibration that you're tuning, tuning to. That was decided by Hitler. By Hitler. Yeah. And what? It, yeah, this is crazy, dude. So I've been tuning to Hitler's frequency my whole forever. life. <laughs> they used to tune to 432. <laughs> yeah, 432. Before that. So to tune, so one of those um, tones, the 528 hertz, that is a sharp, slightly sharp C. Not C sharp, but a C. Yeah, that's Four hertz sharp, sharp yeah. off of standard A440 tuning. So to reach, and I had a personal experience with 528 hertz. I'm very, I've learned to be skeptical of. Um, spiritual theories unless I've experienced it before. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. it's a story. But I I heard a pure 528 tone and I started crying mm. viscerally and understood why I played the violin because it has power. So I got it from a scientific point of view. So if you tune to A444, you, mm-hmm. just, tune, you just pitch up four hertz. That's it. Okay. And then that translates your C... To a 528, where before it would sit at 524. Wow. And by the way, I knew all that. I was just making sure you guys knew. (laughs) Just brushing up. Okay, I have to ask you. (laughs) Yes. Have you ever seen a UFO? Good question, Jay Stone. Uh, uh, I knew he was going to ask that. No. Um, Probably. She got off one. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, uh, speaking of frequencies and stuff, would you give any advice out there to any young ladies who want to start their own band? Yeah, do it. Just do it. Um, I would really work on, I can only speak for my own experience. Um, I had to really strengthen up on boundaries and being a leader. Mm-hmm. And some men are really going to f- not like that. Flip on that. They're going to have a fucking problem with you. And you're going to think it's your fault because society has conditioned women to think it's our fault and yeah, right. blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Right. And you're going to feel crazy. Why is this guy tripping? And But it comes down to um, sexual power imbalance mm-hmm. that our society is founded upon and that we're trying to correct right now. So just hold strong Yeah. and trust yourself. And you will find... Um, there are people who you will not feel that with. Mm-hmm. They okay. will not power trip you. Yeah. And it will feel like resonance. So they're out there. They're out there. And also 
um, what else? What other advice? I mean, that's one of the main things. That's great advice. My daughter plays the guitar. She's 16. Yeah. It's so striking to me. I was just, I was kind of geeking out since I got this Kemper. I was geeking out on, on tech and yeah. gear, you know, and you watch these videos of all these mans and a lot of them I love. I mean, I love them. I'm not disparaging right. men at all, but you look at the visibility, especially yep. in metal. And it's like, yeah, you have got to be kidding me right now. Right. Yeah, I And agree. you know that just be who you are, be true to who you are. And if you want to be a leader, do not shy away from that because trust me, men probably want that as well. They need it. They need it. It's, we it need it. It won't be balanced. It will never be balanced until It'll never it's be, that. You know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful advice too. And uh, Jay Stone, you know, I'm such an insider. I'm just so in yeah. like Flynn with this whole Nitrous M1 scene and Emily Palin. I actually have to, I have a very, very recent song that she did. Where? I'm what? talking like hot off the presses. Okay. He stole I, it. I stole it. I downloaded it. My laptop. It. I, <laughs> I'm a hacker. Actually, I had Waze do it. He's a hacker. I hired him. Anyway, oh, let me get. The, what's this song called? This song is called "Lost in the Shipwreck of My Heart." Is that correct? Lost in the Shipwreck of My Heart. And I um and I like this song. And I asked Emily if we could please get a mix of it and play it on our show. You want to listen to it? Yeah. Let's hear it. And this is something different. Let's check it out. She's already on some other shit, Jay Stone. Do you feel it? If I lay on the floor Thinking about you And how I can hold All this love in my If I wrote the perfect song, would you hear it? Would it find its way to you all across the world? Can you feel it when I think of you? Feel you 
Song. I like the ending. That That's good. Nice. And that, who's playing on that? That's just you, right? That's me, yeah. Yeah. That's all you. Very nice. That's all Emily on that Thank one. You. When, uh, where did you get the idea for that song? I think you told me before I forget. Like, did somebody ask, was it like a request to write a song about a certain topic? Or No, I had a love that I needed to write about. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how that works. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I fell head over heels for someone. Wow. And it didn't work out and I needed to write a song about it. You needed to write a song about it. How it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I heard that, I don't remember, maybe a couple months ago. Yeah, that's actually the latest thing that I've written. Yeah, that's what I thought. The last one, I wrote a whole bunch of stuff during quarantine and... Yeah, we, it was as, nice. As have we all. As have we all. <laughs> We're all forcing should, our hands. You should hear a Jay Stone's quarantine mm. album. He's got like a quadruple going on over there. Nice. All kinds of great stuff. Mm. Uh, by the way, you guys, uh, we're talking to Emily Palin from Nitrous M1. That's K N I G H T R E S S M1. Remember, that's motherfucking one. That's what it stands for. As dot com, her album <laughs> Dreams and Devastation that's coming out September twenty fifth. So that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Yes, um, she's already got singles and videos out, so she's doing it. Even with this COVID shutdown, she has a full court press with the promo. She has Polarity Integrate video, a uh, video for Lock and Key. That's a crazy video, Jay Stone. Lock and Key. And uh, yeah, that's a crazy okay. video. We're going to talk about that in a little while. But what I wanted to say is I've seen that the album's already gotten good reviews and good international reviews. I'm talking about your album, Dreams is Devastation. That, so that's really nice to see, right? A yeah, lot of people saying great things about it. It's very exciting. I yeah. Yes. It's been nice to have something to have to work so hard for during this time. Yeah. You know, no one knew that this was happening. Yep. So what a better this time was- to keep at it. And release music. Yeah. And it's it's just interesting how life works when you don't know why you're writing songs. And I think you write them because you need to, and that's your experience of the time. But then it's just interesting how it can speak to the time that we're in now as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, definitely. And, um, wow, it's just, it's just so amazing to see that all you've done and where you're at now. And um, I also wanted to ask you about like some other stuff. Like you have a you have a connection with Eric McFadden too. Um, you've recorded with him and performed with him a lot, and that's super cool. 
And I remember, I think the album was, actually, isn't there a new Eric McFadden album, like a 2021 that, are you on that or not? Yes. Because I saw it on your website. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Eric did a... Well, there's an album, there's the ACDC one. He did the ACDC, that's such a great album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, I have what that's called. That's called Eric McFadden Does ACDC. That's a cool album, yeah. And, that and you were was, on that, right? Yeah, I got called in for that session, and then him and I became pretty um, peas in a pod after that and did a lot of um, shows together and then recorded. I did a couple tracks on his new album. I can see the title. I can Starving see the, at the Feast. Yes. Great album. <laughs> nice. And that just came out, huh? That just came out this year. I'll have to check year. that out. I didn't hear yeah. it yet. He is the, you know, you hear the term hardest working man in show business. Yeah. And he's, he's that. Yeah. He, he, he lives hard, and dies. Huh? He is incredible. He's not only an incredible player and absolutely opens up alternate realities and portals when he plays. It's astonishing yeah. Yeah. to feel the energy shift. You're like, and then it, it opens up and it, you know, yeah. it's amazing, but he works his ass off. He is constantly on the road. Not right now, but he's mm-hmm. constantly playing. Mm-hmm. He lives and dies by music. It's amazing. Yeah. He's definitely an inspiration. That's cool. That's so cool, man. That's another amazing artist. You've touched so many amazing artists' lives. Um, don't you have, like, uh, you give lessons. Yeah. Don't you have, like, a creativity course or something? Like, fearless, yeah, that you were designing or I'm something? I'm designing that. Fearless artistry. Yeah, fearless artistry. That's yeah. what it was. And I was trying to knock that out. And honestly, tr- putting out an album right now is so much work. Yep. And life is also intense. <laughs> so I've put a hold on creating the Fearless Artistry course until my album's out. But it's a 12-week course that helps people step into their fearlessness with their own art. Yeah. And goes through different... It's weekly and it's kind of intense. It just goes through an emotional arc, taking people through their different traumas and pains around... Mm-hmm being a very unique soul in a world that doesn't isn't built to support you or help you shine. I think you mentioned to me um, uh, this album, Dreams and Devastation. I think you told me, I don't know how long a process it's been to put this together, but yeah. I think you told me, um, I just want to give you some space to talk about that you were kind of like in an abusive situation during that as well. I was. That you were like working through. And yeah. Did, did that come out in the music as well? It did, but it's, I'll tell you that I can't wait to record the next album (laughs) (laughs) because it's, I've written songs about that as well. So the songs, this album, the timeline of that is these songs were written before that abuse started. I was already going into the studio to start recording the album. And then it was a two and a half year relationship. And during that time I was, I began shortly began the recording and was doing the work on the album and it um, was pretty brutal and yeah, very difficult. <laughs> so, and, and, I, and I feel like uh, maybe some of that stuff is coming out in these videos. It's coming I- out in the videos. There are certain select words that I, ch- that I changed. There are lyrics that I've changed okay. in like force of nature and raising light speaks to it. And then just the energy of the songs obviously is about really getting out of oppressive situations, but it was more societal or past situations that I had to get through. It wasn't speaking to the depth of what I was in at the time, which was gnarly. 
Mm. It was right. so intense. And the album. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. And I'm, I'm, it's okay. And I'm grateful to be out and I'm grateful, um, to understand it because it's such a hidden problem and it happens so much. It's so complex and there's so many myths about domestic violence. We even calling it domestic violence mm -hmm. leads to some misunderstanding because it was mainly emotional abuse. Yeah. It, it got violent at the end. Um, but it was just daily berating, mm -hmm. manipulation, gaslighting, all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, so the album was like my light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. I'll go to LA for a week and I say, just fucking get to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Just get there and you're going to be recording in that studio. It's going to be amazing. You're going to be there for a week. You won't, you won't have to be in the situation. Just keep doing that. Yeah. That is the only thing you need to do. And then I tell you what happened at the end of that relationship. I was so sick of being lied to. And I was really devastated I was a hundred pounds. I mean, I'm 130 pounds light. Like I'm a muscular anyway, whatever about body body is everyone's body is fine, but I was dropping weight. I was severely oh, yeah. stressed out. Mm -hmm. I was miserable. It was a horrible situation. And I had a, towards the end of the record, I had, you know, I had another week down there with Lou and we made this record and it was great. It was amazing. And then I came home to his fucking bullshit again. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Because what, what happens when you follow your truth is that that's a reflection to what's not your truth. Mm -hmm. And talk about dissonance, you know? So making the album is getting clearer and clearer. Clearer, clearer, clearer. Yeah. Like, this is where I, I'm supposed to be feeling like this right. with people that support me and who are kind. And then you go home and you have such a... Um, a painful shaming situation that's very common, th then you think, I don't, I think if I didn't have music, I wouldn't know what I would be living for. Yeah, I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I yeah. hear you, sister. Yeah, I got you on that. So it's like, I'm not going to do this. And it was a really hard decision. I'm not saying it wasn't a hard decision. It was the hardest thing I've had to go through. Daria Johnson got me through that time. I love her till the end of the earth there for that. She nice. absolutely saved my life during that time. But there's just something about when you're in abuse, you know, you believe it and you're tired, you're exhausted. Yeah. And then you reach a breaking point and either they break you or you break out mm -hmm. because it's going to be life and death at some point. I like that. They yeah. break you or you break out. And so, and this guy was not worth it. <laughs> mm. He was never worth it. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you turned it into... Yeah. This is work of art. Yeah, thank That's you. That's an amazing thing. You and know what? You're making me want to play some music. I think I'm getting antsy. I think oh, we yeah? might get to, we're going to create some of our music. Maybe we'll take an opportunity also. Maybe we'll take a couple of minutes, turn on the AC in here because I'm born. <laughs> 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 we can't have that on while we're recording. Right, right, Wiz? So um, we're going to play, tell you what, let's play um, one of the singles, Lock and Key, uh, Jay Stone, the video for this is like it's got like uh, like I don't know. She's on like a checkerboard, uh -huh. a chessboard, and then she's she's got like skulls that she's moving across the board. Right. And then uh, like I don't know, like uh, some demon guys are in there or yeah, some cloak guys. Yeah. 
That's my that, drummer now. That's Chad Tasky. He's playing Death. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> and then, you great. know, and they get in a tussle. It's a really exciting video. It's very good. And again, it kind of reminds me of like old, even though it's not old, kind of old school, like good, like video, like yeah. instead of the dopey videos I see nowadays. Anyway, it's a really good video. By the way, you filmed all three of your videos on the same day, yeah? Yeah. And where did you film that? At Little Boxes Theater. Because it looked like you were fucking that place up. There's one video, not that one, but the other one, you're like throwing paint at... Like, yeah, we had to set a big like tarp. It looked that place. <laughs> what was this? We left Where's it... Little Boxes? Little Boxes Theater. It's out on, you know, Tennessee yeah. Street out by Secret Studios Yeah, yeah. Okay. in SF. It's out yeah, there. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, it it's great. Great place. It looks like you trashed the joint. Nice. We didn't. We were good. Pack it in, pack it out, right? And um, so, how did you did three videos in one day? Because they seem very different. The videos, like, or the two yeah. I've seen. Yeah, we had. Yeah, they're all different. We had three sets, three storylines. Yeah, they're a shoot yeah. schedule. Yeah, very distinct. It was a long day. Wow. <laughs> what time did you start? Uh, we started. We loaded in. I think even at one. Oh wow. We were out by one. Okay. Or noon to, it was like a 13-hour day, 13, 14-hour day. Yo, that's it? That seems fast, actually. Well, mm -hmm. you get tired. Yeah. I was ready to go longer, but I had a whole crew. And they yeah, were, people get... I'm like, we're not done yet. We don't have all the shots. And <laughs> my good friend Shana was like, these people are tired. They need to go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, you can see that look in everybody's face. Okay, let's listen to Lock and Key. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to play for you. Yeah. 
running over anyone. I don't have no time for running over anyone. I don't have time for that. I can't run over people.
Michigan, you know what I'm saying? Furniture, y'all. butterfly no you're a butterfly no i'm a butterfly no you're a butterfly all right you guys that was fantastic we just got done playing some music you guys you're welcome we just hung out with emily palin from nitrous m1 we talked to her we played with her we did it all and i just wanted to say a couple things before we say goodbye to emily and before we skedaddle um Jay Stone, Emily and I had a bonding experience recently. We both had the census come knock on the door uh, oh, yeah. over the weekend. Uh, yeah, wow. The census. And so I saw like earlier last Saturday, I saw like a post Emily put on social media. Why do we have a census? Right. What is this? Why do they, you know, and right. I thought she was just ranting. So I just saw it and I didn't think much of it. Like, yeah, I agree with you. Why do we have a census? But I yeah. thought she just, I didn't know the connection. And then uh, last Saturday, I didn't tell you this, Jay, I don't think. Oh, no, I did tell you, you did. this a little bit. Um, I was sitting there. It was like 9 o'clock. I cooked myself. Here I, here I go with meat again. I cooked myself this great steak. And I was, ba- I was basically, I don't want to say anything out of school. It was basically my underwear. And I was just, because I was by myself. You At know? nighttime? Yeah, Nine it was just nighttime. Night. Yeah. I cooked a steak. I was going to watch TV. And right when I was eating it, the doorbell rang. Yeah. I'm in a building right now. You can't access my front door. Like... You have to have a fob for this, a fob for that, fob right. to get on the elevator. Wow. So somebody let him up. And, uh, you know, so I was like, what? And I opened the door and there's a guy sitting there. Kind of, a, I felt bad for him. Kind of a geeky guy. Yeah. And he was kind of shaken too. He had, like a little, he had a little computer. Yeah. And he's all, I'm from the census. And I was like, what? And so I said, oh, so I'm all, no wonder Emily's putting that out there. She was the census. Yeah, someone must have come to came to my door on Saturday <laughs> so morning. So what happened? They came on the morning, right? They came in the morning. I don't do mornings, so I don't talk to humans before so were noon. So were you asleep? Yeah, I was in bed. Um, and Did they, you answer the, but you answered the door? I answered the door. Yeah, well, 
the door no- the doorbell in my apartment building is like shockingly loud and abrasive. Mine too, yeah. Yeah, it's like, horrible. It so you me. have to go to the door to right. get them to stop yeah. that noise. It's really abrasive. <laughs> I was so rude. <laughs> He's like, I'm from the census. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not doing this. So did you did you answer anything? No, I took he had, he had to fill out the sheet, and I took the sheet and <laughs> used it as a cat toy. And then I went. That's why I was pissed. And then I went on the website and filled it out. And I was like, you, you just want to ask my gender and race? Yeah, that's it. Well, I was, that's what you want. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. what they're asking. And uh, I've never had I've never dealt with a census before. So right away I'm like, what the hell? And she's right. Like, you know, the census came in like the mail a couple of months ago. Yeah. And I just blew my nose on it through the garbage. And then, so I thought that would be the end of it. And then, yeah, they came and they were asking me those questions. Uh, I went back, I put my mask on, I came out and he was asking me, you know, was anybody living here on April 1st? And I said, no, you know, I was here by myself. And he kept asking that question. But he was kind of nervous because I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of like looking at him like that. So he was shaking a little bit, but it was kind of funny. So he asked me those questions. He asked me, um, you know, what are you? Uh, or What race are you? And I said, it doesn't matter, man. And then he was kind of (laughs) like, and then he goes, well, let me ask you this. Where, where are you from? Or where is your family from? And I said, earth. (laughs) And he liked that. He's kind of like, I caught him off guard with that. So he's like, okay, I'll put that. And then he said, your name is, and then he said my name kind of wrong and he spelt it wrong. And he's like, is that spelled right? And I said, yeah, that's right. And he, he spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, when's your birthday? And I told him, you know, like December 49th, you know, whatever, something. And he put that down. So I told him the wrong birthday. Yeah. That's great. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I was all, no wonder Emily put that post out. I didn't know what she was talking about. I thought that was just like a random post. Mm. But yeah, they did come to our house. And that, then I sent a text to Jay. Uh, and I said, did the percentages come to your house? And he said, if they came to my house, it'd be like a magic trick because you got evacuated. Right. And oh, so, Thursday. by the way, guys, so we're talking to you two weeks in the past. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, it's after Labor Day. But right now we're talking to you from the end of August and there's wildfires here in California. Mm-hmm. Actually, my first experience with this batch, because I was in Atlanta in 2017, all those crazy fires. So what happened with you? Something's always happening where you live, man, in big moment. Yeah, so it was like that uh, dry lightning. Right. uh, A few weeks ago. Which we never have. And it was like being in the tropics. And, you know, so uh, I woke up at like four in the morning, five, and seen all this rain and lights and what have you. And then the rain came. And it's in the middle of the summer. And... That yeah, was kind of nuts. And we, I mean, where I live, we have 19 redwoods on our property. So limbs were coming down, you know. Um, we had to clean up so much redwood debris. Um, those limbs, you might think they're little when you look at them like this. But, man, yeah. that shit is like from here to the wall mm-hmm. weighing like maybe 150 pounds. So it's like a little tree from a ginormous tree. Um, and we dealt with that and then the fire started and they have, uh, accelerated throughout, um, Pescadero, which is like Half Moon Bay, yeah, Santa Cruz, um, not, well, you see Santa Cruz, which is like in the mountains and yeah. then Boulder Creek, which is like totally burned out. Um, and Ben Loman is where I live and it's, it hadn't made it, it made it there, but it didn't make it down to the highway where I live. 
My wife keeps saying that they won't let the town burn out because that'll look bad for the file department. Are you in a tent right now? Or are you camping yeah, right oh now? Oh, man, dude, I'm in a tent. I'm camping God, with I saw five you, dogs. You sent me that picture of dogs. Yeah. Got their- <laughs> <laughs> I'm camping outside tonight in Santa Cruz. And with wow. my five dogs, um, You're a man our of cats nature. are uh, in shelter. Our horse is in shelter. We have our little rat named Gus. Cats are put away. And I told you this guy's like a funky Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> That's little great. Over here. It's a big family, though. Yeah. And so we're separated now. I got my dog Sun Ra in the car right now. Sun Ra. Sun Ra, Sun Ra. Yes. He is in the car, chilling, sleeping. And, nice. uh, wow. you know, so, yeah, we make it work. However however it does, we are flexible, you know. That's right amazing. on, man. Well, dude, man, there's always something. The powder, power outage. Yeah. You got to, like, evacuate. FBI came that one oh, time. Man. I mean, good God yeah. almighty. That was nuts. That was crazy, to, too. When they killed the cop and all those. That was in front of my house. <laughs> all those police and when the dude killed the uh, the sheriff, that was oh, in front of my house. It was national news. Yeah, I was about to go to George Floyd uh protests oh right right and it was all these sirens and i was like walking down i was like fuck i'm getting my phone with the camera on and just because i didn't want to get shot up is everything right? cool Hi. <laughs> i'm live streaming right, right. <laughs> it's fucked up and, that's uh, true it was nuts man i mean it, it might sound crazy to some people but this is happening in yeah. america right now you it's know. happening man well you yeah. you stay good man and oh by the way i've been having a tough time as well you guys uh the it's like I said, it's my first time with the wildfire. I usually get this cocktail injected every two weeks. My mom gets to this drug called Zolaire with an X. Yeah. And that keeps me stable with my asthma. I'm a chronic asthmatic, you guys. I've joked about that before, but it ain't no joke. And so they missed my shot last Thursday. They got the delivery wrong. Just so happens. I was like, oh no, because that's when the air was poisoned. You Even do it he, yourself or you go to get no, it? No, no, somebody injects me with it. Okay. But I have to verify the delivery to go to the place. Right. And uh, I'm too clumsy. I can never inject myself. Uh. I'd be a horrible <laughs> heroin junkie. I can never get a vein, even though I'm so veiny. Yeah. But um, so I missed that. And then I was all, maybe I could usually coast to the next week because that, but. The air is poison, <laughs> you know, yeah. last Thursday, like you said, even where I am, you're in a completely different area, but where I am over by Lake Merritt, I was dying and I went out to do a couple errands and it messed me up. I had an asthma attack last uh, Saturday night, mm. same night I had the census, so right. that was not a fun Saturday and uh, I'm having a hard time, you know what I mean? But I, you know, I can still do my vocals. I sing for my diaphragm. Yeah. I got my nebulizer. And, uh, you know, I just want, you know, Emily to make a boo-boo face to feel sorry for me. You, know, I'm just trying to... hey. <laughs> you guys can't see it. I'm doing it, though. Because Nick doesn't give a shit. He's like, who cares, who cares man? He's clipping his nails. <laughs> Look, um, I also wanted to say a couple things before we sign off. And it's good to uh, be talking to you guys again. We will be, be back soon. Um, I want to say RIP to Slims. Uh, Slims, the legendary club in San Francisco, is no more. Yet another thing destroyed by this COVID-19 stuff. Mm. And I was just there uh, last Christmas. I saw Death Angel there because they always do a Christmas show there every year. I went with my friends there. That's the place, you know, they always have the same bartender. She looks like she's from Mad Max. She calls me Vin Diesel. She said, you look like Vin Diesel. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to go over here. But she was really nice. And I always thought, you know what I'm talking about, right? I talked I to do, her like yeah. every time I saw her there. 
And uh, I don't know, man. I think that's just horrible. This slim, I, I don't know how many shows I've seen there. I don't know how many, you know, my bands, uh, friends, bands have played there. Uh, just horrible to say goodbye to Slim. Yeah, most definitely. R.I.P. Well, and are you going to tell everyone what the club's going to be called? I don't know. What's it going to be called? YOLO. It's going to be a new club? No, it's not. It's going to be called YOLO? Yeah. No. No. Well. Ace is going to be some sick DJs, though. <laughs> For the binary thinkers. You mean some guys with a record collection? Dang. How am I supposed they to treat like my peer? What's a record? I don't know what a record is. <laughs> Yo. Oh, Dan. Why did you tell me that? I'm really upset now. YOLO. Oh, my God. It's so corny. Like, like, I swear to God, we're in a South Park timeline. <laughs> totally. We're stuck in a false timeline. It's like we're this in is a, not... We're in a satire, right? We're inside of... Yeah. yeah. Somebody's writing the satire, like a disgruntled <laughs> SNL right. ex-employee. I wanted to say a couple more shout-outs just from things uh, in pop culture that I've seen lately before we sign off. Some important things. There's a really cool... Um, documentary about the go-go's out the only problem with the documentary is it's too short and i'm not just trying to make a joke like it is like that's a flaw with the movie i think they ran out of money because you're watching it and, and all of a sudden okay and then it cuts goodbye. off <laughs> then it's, it's just over so that's the only problem otherwise it was excellent and i forgot and i want to shout out um my favorite go-go is gina shock the drummer gina shock is awesome she's the one that got them rehearsing and got them really good okay and she does live in san francisco does she and she talks, she has kind of like an accent, like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, she has, she talks Brooklyn. really cool. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah, something see. like that. Hey, see. <laughs> she got a little bit of the cigarette voice what now. But she's, rascal. she's still rocking it. She's in the documentary, and I inv- I would like to have her on the show. So I'm inviting her to come on. If anybody has any feelers out there? I know she Gina. lives in San Francisco. My and- friend recorded them. Oh. <laughs> okay. So we need to, we need to figure yes. that out after we stop recording because we need to get Gina Shock on. We really do. Yeah, see. And she got burned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we did that really suck, well. Suffering suck attached. We're going to paint the town yeah. red, see? You're the kind of dame I like to talk to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she, she does talk like that. Gina Shock. Uh, remember, we have an album out, The Funkonauts, Jay Stone. Yes. The Funkonauts, uh, by the way, you guys, you're right. I know what you're thinking. Aced Out Podcast has the best theme song out of any podcast ever made. You're right about that. You know, that's an objective <laughs> truth. That's our song. That's a song called I Can Never Be. It's off our album called Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Wait the a minute. Bible. The Bible. That the spells Bible. out the Bible. That's right. The song's called I Can Never Be. The song is written and produced by Jay Stone. Doing the robot right now. He's doing the robot right now. I'm on there somewhere playing a little bit of bass. Uh, me, myself, and Randy D, the drummer. Yeah. Jay Stone would not. He refused to let us do a second take. Nah. We were begging. <laughs> we're like, come on, just to be safe. He's all, nope, that was it. That we just did it. the take. And uh, we got uh, Patrick Owens on there. Yeah, brother and Pete. I, I called Pat. I tried to get in touch with him at that. Uh, the, the that place he was at. Yeah, how's he doing? Have He's you doing to him? good, man. I talked to him the other day. He got a brand new M3 BMW. He did? And yeah, man. Why? He he's good. He because his car got stolen. Oh, his boat. Such such, yeah, his other BMW. Uh huh. But he still have his old school. But oh, his, yeah, he's got that. Okay, not that yeah. one. Oh, the other one got stolen. Yeah, the BMW. He his friend crack crack addict took it. And, oh no! It's, yeah. But then he got a he got a new ride yeah, out of it. He, yeah, he got paid from it and got a new M3. So 
Brother P. Brother P is chilling. Shout out to you. You're yeah. chilling. You're yeah. chilling hard. I was thinking, Jay Stone, we're going to have to coordinate it. We might have to do remote. We should probably, let's just do like a Funkonaut show where we come in. Yeah. We'll just sit around with the mics. We can maybe play a song and then talk. Let's have those guys oh, in. Oh, man. Most definitely. We'll have to negotiate with them with that. And uh, also Waze. He might have to get a bigger couch. <laughs> you guys, um, I was really excited um, because... One of the best shows ever made. Emily's not big on pop culture references, she told me. <laughs> but there's a show called The Watchmen, Emily. And it's like, a, it's kind of about like about superheroes, but it's more realistic. And they did a TV show that, which deals a lot with African-American history. And Regina King was one of the main stars. She plays Sister Knight. Anyway, what I wanted to say, I mentioned this show before, back how good it was just because mm -hmm. I liked it. They've gotten 26 Emmy nominations, and I usually hate the Emmys, but wow. good call on that. And there are so many nominations. There's nominations for Regina King, Best, Act uh, Best Actress. Uh, everybody that's on it, uh, even, um, what's his name? Jeremy Irons is on it. Is all, this all the actors. The Watchmen from back in the day? Or no, a new it's the one that version. just was in 2019. It was okay. an HBO show. It was really good. You should watch it. Okay. It takes place in Oklahoma. What? It's really awesome. It's a fantastic show. And they all got nominated. And there's a lot of African-Americans that got nominated. However, they did screw up and they did make a mistake. And I want to speak out against that uh, because this is Ace Out Podcast. And the people that are not getting noticed, people that get aced out, we like to point them out. So there's an actress named Hong Chow. Mm -hmm. She plays kind of like the Lex Luthor, the bad guy. Mm -hmm. She plays a Vietnamese woman who's a trillionaire, the world's smartest woman. And she tries to take over the world. <laughs> and uh, anyway, she played that part. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. Her acting role in it is fantastic. Her name is Hong Chow. And she was not nominated. Oh, no. Half the thing was about Vietnam, too. It was all about what? the Vietnam War and her kind of getting revenge. So they, they, that was a big, big uh, mess up. And, you know... Just wanted to say, you know, close, but you didn't quite get that cigar, you guys. Right. So 26 nominations is a beautiful thing. I'm so happy about it, but that that's what you call a snub, right? right? That's a snub, Jay Stone. So yeah. it's Hong Chow. Check her out, and she should have gotten nominated. I'm watching maybe, it tonight. Maybe you should. Maybe the, those other places she'll get an award one day. She's excellent. Um, I saw a video with your brother, uh, oh, Jay man. Stone yeah. and J Dub, yeah. J Dub from P Funk P -Funk. did a video with your brother. Your brother's kind of nice on the dude, bass, dude. I, I knew he played, but I never brother, listened. To it. My brother introduced me to P Funk. Now he playing with him and shit. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing, dude. And that's uh, that's uh, Jay Stone's brother, Nat Collins. He's out there in Georgia, and so's uh, I went. I went to. Yeah. I went with your brother to see P Funk right, right before I moved back. Yeah. That was a crazy night. I got to tell that story one time. We saw we saw Angela Moore outside with Fishbone. Uh -huh. uh, that was a crazy night. Um, also, I want to say um, just that it's been a year since I've come back to California. It's been a crazy year. And we've just been talking about it when we weren't recording. It's been a difficult year for everybody. And a lot of changes are coming up. A lot of things are different. So I just want to thank you guys for your support during the show with me, playing some music. Where? Because I definitely need it now more than ever. Um, I always have to tell you guys what books to read because it's always good to read books. I read those paper books, those things that you touch with your hands. Uh, there's a writer named Otessa Mosfeg, M-O-S-F-E-G-H. I don't know if you pronounce it like that. Anyway, she's my currently my 
most favorite writer. She's writing now in the middle of her career. She has about five books out. Her latest book is called Death in Her Hands. It's kind of like about an old lady living out in the woods who thinks she's solving a murder mystery, but maybe she's not. <laughs> so it's a very, very good book. It's just, she does a really good job. That's Otessa Mosfeg, and she has many other books. I've read them all, and they're great. A book called Underground Railroad, kind of a generic title, but it's very good. It's written by a guy named Colson Whitehead. It tells, obviously, a story about uh, slaves running away from uh, plantations. But in this book, Jay Stone, the Underground Railroad is real, meaning it's really underground. It's really a railroad. Okay. So they go underground, and yeah. they, they take like a tunnel and a train. Dope. So it's kind of like magical realism. Cool. There's a lot of history, a lot of... Um, factual things yeah but then that part is kind of like that's like kind of the magical part okay so it's it's really good it's just called underground railroad by colson whitehead he's another writer who's out there doing his career right now too nice. this isn't a new book but you should read it for those of you that maybe you don't understand when people are talking about like privilege some people have privilege some people don't and you think it's this abstract concept uh, i recommend a book called the new jim crow and it's written by Michelle Alexander. Uh, that'll tell you what's really going on and how society's uh, sort of constructed to keep certain people down and really keep them enslaved. And it's very factual, it's objective, and it just breaks down certain laws that hold certain people down. And mm -hmm. it uses a lot of like court records and explains how that goes. Last and certainly not least, I haven't, I, I'm only like a fourth of the way through Jay Stone, but mm -hmm. I finally started reading uh, On Time, A Princely Life and Funk by Morris Day from The Time. Oh, man. Dude, that book is so fucking funny. It's like, like you said, it's like a, it's like a conversation between, between him and Prince. Them. Yeah. It's so funny. So he'll be like, all right, let me tell you how we started the time. And then like, it'll switch to Prince. He'll be like, nobody wants to hear that shit. Just get to when you met me. <laughs> He's like, no, no, let me talk about how I used to play the drums. Ah, you were all right on the drums, man. So like goes back and forth. It's all so right. goddamn funny. But uh, it, but it's also a biography and autobiography, so it's really good about Prince. And did you know the last thing I read today before I came here? Uh, Morris Day plays drums on the song "Controversy," uh. and he plays drums on "Let's Work." Uh. No credit. He took whole, you know, hundred percent credit. All songs written performed by uh, Prince. Prince. But no, Morris plays drums wow. on "Controversy" and "Let's Work." And he's he's a oh. serious drummer, serious yeah, uh, bebop and all stuff like that. Uh, anyway, so that's a hilarious book, and I want to recommend that as well. How about you, Emily? Do you have any final things to say? Yeah. Um, well, I want to thank both of you for having me on and for no having problem. an amazing conversation. I think it's really important for humans, as much as we can connect right now, to connect. I, I, my mind is on um, just this is such a challenging time, yeah. and there's really so much trauma happening and pain and and death frankly mm -hmm. and and struggle and i just i think that the more we can come at each other with compassion instead of i'm right you're wrong and um maybe allow each other to think outside the box we yeah. could see that together we have the solutions and it's not that far from us to step into that and i really just hope that we can forge that path. And that's our destiny as humans. We're so powerful, but we really need to see the commonality between us to so, move ahead. Yes. That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to end on it. One last question. Is your uh, pin for your uh, debit card still tool? Can I? <laughs> <laughs> 
I figured since you, you announced that there was, I was just fucking with you. Okay, check this out, Jay Stone. You know what I've been bugging out to lately? What's that? But go ahead and hit that wave. Let's get this groove going. This song off the album The Blueprint by the Funkin' Nuns. Ah. B L E W, by the way. Ooh, what? listen to that. Ah, here we go. Out of my league. Out of my league, we Jay never, Stone. We never even played this. I huh? wanted to do this live, yeah. yeah. This let's do shit. this. When we finally get out, let's do it, Jay Stone. Yeah. All right, let me talk this up. 8 o'clock p.m. on your dial. This is Ace Allen. Oh, uh, we got a little bit of traffic on 580. Traffic going smooth on 880. It's December 49th at 18:49 p.m. You say I'm a dreamer, baby. Out of your league, everybody. And you're out of my league. Yeah, this is funky. They say you go time. Pack your bags and live. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. We'll be back soon. We won't take two months next time. You're so fly, so fine and girl. We have a good attitude. And I want to see you, baby. As soon as I can. I'm going to take a trip down the earth and grab you by the hand. Jesus is Christ.